Did you know that in Christ you have an indestructible life? That's fantastic news all the time, but it's especially encouraging when life gets hard or feels uncertain. Don't give up. Satan can't have you, the world can't overcome you, and the challenges you face can't stop you. In Christ, you're indestructible. Hello and welcome to The Indestructible Life, a podcast for women who want to experience a deeper relationship with Christ by learning more about God and themselves through the lives of Bible people. I'm Emily Wickham, a wife and mom and a writer and speaker, but most importantly, I'm a woman loved by God, just like you. Thanks so much for joining me for today's message about Mary of Bethany. I'd like to read our scripture passage and then say a word of prayer. So please listen to Matthew 26, verses 6 through 13. Now when Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster vial of very costly perfume, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. But the disciples were indignant when they saw this and said, Why this waste? For this perfume might have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you bother the woman? For she has done a good deed to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. For when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this account of Mary of Bethany and her anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for everything we can learn from her story and this instance in her life. I pray that you would lead me by the Holy Spirit as I share your word with these women. And God, just teach us all what you have for us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. I was sharing with a friend recently how the Holy Spirit directs me concerning who to talk about in each podcast. And it's really been a neat experience because it seems like soon after I finish sharing an episode, something will come my way in scripture that really touches my heart. And God gives me this strong sense that he or she is the next person to discuss. So the way I arrived at Mary of Bethany was because I was reading through the Gospel of Matthew as my daily reading. And when I read her account in Matthew 26, I was deeply touched by the beauty of her action. And, you know, I've read this account many times in the past. I've even taught on it previously. But it just really stood out to me. And it was just like I had this knowing that, yeah, this is the person to talk about in your next episode. So here we are. And... You know, part of the confirmation process about 
talking about Mary of Bethany was that, you know, sometime after that time when I was reading Matthew 26, I would say within the next couple of days, God started showing me various applications to my own life, even before I officially sat down to prepare my teaching material. And I know on one Saturday, it was just like, boom, boom, boom. There were just all these thoughts coming at me. And it was incredible how much I could learn from this portion of scripture, things I had never even thought about before. So this message feels incredibly personal to me, and I hope it will speak to you in the same way. Because truthfully speaking, here is the thing. When we um, are in God's word together, we don't just want to gain head knowledge about the Bible. We want these accounts of Bible people to impact who we are and who God is making us become in Christ. We want God's word to change us, to grow us, to strengthen our faith, to inspire us. And, you know, we want to experience that life change in Christ through his word. And we want the experiences of these Bible people to influence our experiences in ways that make us more like Jesus. Because being like Jesus is being different from those in the world. So I have a lot on my heart to share. And I will just start with this simple story. The other day, I was in my living room, and I was just straightening things up, and I got to the place where I arranged a doily on one of the little tables in the living room, and it reminded me of my husband's aunt because she crocheted it for us as a wedding gift many years ago, and that simple reminder just got me thinking, and it has struck me how gifts from the heart are always the best kind of gift. You know, when people put extra thought into what they give and they prepare it especially for you, it just means so much and it makes you feel special and loved. And I like to think of Mary's gift to Jesus like that because her gift was straight from her heart. The perfume she poured on Jesus was really like an outpouring of her heart. And sadly, people misunderstood her. People judged her. Despite the opinions of others, however, Jesus appreciated and valued Mary and her worship of him. He loved her heart. So we're going to take a closer look at Mary of Bethany's story. First of all, I want to mention there are two parallel accounts to this passage. In Mark 14 and John 12, we also read of Mary's anointing of Jesus. And we get some different details in each of those accounts. And by the way, let me just also mention that some equate 
a uh, portion of scripture in Luke chapter 7 as also being a parallel passage. But I have studied this and I see differences in that account as opposed to this one of Mary of Bethany. So I think they are two different instances. So just for future reference, that's just my thought process on that. So um, back to Mark 14 and John 12, they are parallel accounts of Mary's anointing of Jesus. But John 12 is the only one that names Mary of Bethany in this regard. So we learn from John 12, it was indeed Mary of Bethany who anointed Jesus with this perfume. And just a little background on Mary of Bethany. She and her sister Martha and their brother Lazarus lived in Bethany, and they made Jesus a supper six days before Passover. Now, Matthew 26 and Mark 14 add that this dinner was held in the home of Simon the leper, which is an interesting detail. So I'm just, just go with me here just a little bit on a tiny little rabbit trail because I just find this interesting. My question is, was Simon the leper perhaps Martha's husband? And that's why John 12 verse 2 tells us Martha was serving. Luke 10 38 also describes another instance of Martha's hospitality to Jesus. And it says she welcomed him into her home. So because of these two details, I think it's possible Simon the leper was Martha's husband, although it's not critical to know his identity in order to learn from this story. I just find this aspect interesting and wanted to share this possibility with you. So let's just move on to uh, knowing something for a fact. We know Mary of Bethany was the woman who anointed Jesus in Matthew 26, Mark 14, and John 12. So with this in mind, let's look at Matthew 26 again. Verse 7 tells us a woman came to Jesus with an alabaster vial of costly perfume and poured it on his head. And I want us to picture Mary's action for a moment. Now, this perfume was probably Mary's most valuable possession, yet instead of clinging to it, she emptied it on Jesus's head. And I love how Jesus described her worship in Mark 14. He called it a good deed and said she has done what she could. That sentence right there about how she did what she could doesn't that encourage you? It encourages me because sometimes I just feel like, well, I'm just not smart enough. I just, you know, just feel so limited in different ways. But that's not the way God looks at things. And when we do what we can, because we are prompted by the Holy Spirit, God values that. It is worth something to him. So just tuck that away. I hope that encourages you. And what I see here in these just few verses is that Mary's worship emanated 
from a pure heart. She loved Jesus so very much. So she took her best and used it for Jesus. She gave it to him without words and without regret. Mary did not pour perfume on Jesus and anoint him so others would praise her. She did it for Jesus, and he saw the purity of her heart, her love, her devotion, her desire to give him her best. Unfortunately, Matthew 26, 8 reveals the disciples were indignant when they witnessed Mary's worship. They misunderstood and criticized her. They were incredibly harsh. But unlike the disciples, Jesus didn't criticize Mary's decision to use her perfume in this way. He didn't analyze whether she was using it wisely or serving the poor properly. He simply accepted her worship with an appreciative heart because he understood it flowed from a pure heart. And this aspect of Mary's story helps me so much. Jesus does not receive my worship or your worship with a critical spirit. For instance, he is not focused on whether our singing voices would win an award or if our prayers are deep and profound. Jesus looks straight into our heart. And if he sees a pure heart toward him, he is pleased. And in the same way, Jesus does not criticize the way we serve him. I say this because in the Hebrew and Greek languages, our English word worship is sometimes defined as to serve or service. When it comes to how we serve the Lord, Jesus doesn't get overwhelmed with people's opinions or the things we as humans deem important. Again, he looks straight into our heart. So let me ask you, do you ever feel misunderstood or criticized for the way you worship the Lord and serve him? Take heart. Because when Jesus sees a pure heart toward him, he's pleased. And not only do I want that to encourage us uh, in, you know, the worship we give the Lord, maybe when we gather together with our church family or uh, when we pray, whether in a group or, or privately, I want to use this portion of scripture to also encourage us to keep growing in purity. First John 3 verses 2 through 3 says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. When we realize the nearness of the Lord and his appearance, it really puts life into perspective. This hope inspires and motivates us to pursue purity in our hearts and lives. Okay, well, let's focus on another aspect of Mary's character. In addition to being pure-hearted, Mary was steadfast. When the disciples misunderstood and criticized her, 
she stayed silent and remained unwavering. She didn't apologize for her action or retract her worship. In fact, she allowed the Lord to speak on her behalf. In Matthew 26.10, Jesus asked the disciples why they were bothering her, and in the parallel accounts of Mark 14 and John 12, he told them to let her alone. You know, I, I like to put it this way. It's like Jesus was saying, what is the matter with you? Back off. The Lord defended Mary's action, and he understood it. He valued it. And in Matthew 26, 13, Jesus declared that Mary's action was worthy of recognition wherever the gospel is preached. That's pretty powerful. That's a pretty strong vote of confidence from the Lord God Almighty. So even though the disciples judged her wrongly, the Lord Jesus judged Mary righteously. He accurately assessed what she did, and he did not hesitate to stand up for her. Don't you love that? Don't just I just want us to think about that. When we are feeling judged and just held in, an, in a way that uh, people look down on us, just think about Jesus' willingness to stand up for us. And, you know, I think about, I think it's in Romans where we are told that Satan is the one who accuses the brethren. But, you know, Jesus is there at the right hand of God interceding for us. Isn't that beautiful? So when Satan throws things up in our face and when people are just judgmental toward us, think about Jesus interceding for us. I love that. And, you know, just taking this feeling of being judged by other people. Do you ever feel judged for your Christian journey? Do people sometimes question decisions you've made and form a negative opinion of you as a result? You know, that's what the disciples did toward Mary. But what did she do? She remained steadfast, and so should we. We should care more about what the Lord thinks than what people think. And that, my friend, is much easier to say than do. I struggle with being a people pleaser. And this type of thought process holds me back because it hinders me from serving the Lord as best as possible. And I so much long to be free of this mindset. Can you relate? Because most of us want people to like us, to approve of our actions and support our work for the Lord. But just as the disciples were so harsh toward Mary, other Christians can be terribly hard on one another. And I, I honestly don't understand it, and I certainly don't like to experience it. But we need to stay steadfast by keeping our eyes on Jesus and serving him how the Holy Spirit leads. Let me repeat that. We need to stay steadfast by keeping our eyes on Jesus and serving him how the Holy Spirit leads. Like Mary of Bethany, 
we need to be more concerned with what the Lord thinks than what people think. And Mary really is an example of Proverbs 29:25. Just the second portion of this verse. I think about Mary now when I read it. So it says, The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. Well, we've considered how Mary of Bethany was pure and steadfast. I'd also like to point out that she was anointed. And this was a description the Holy Spirit really revealed to me. It was kind of unexpected. And and I have to say, this word has caused me to dig deeply because I'm not overly familiar with describing God's people as anointed. It, it's just not a vocabulary that I typically use. But Based on the Bible study I've done, I've only seen the word anointed used once in the New Testament in relation to Christian people. Listen to 2 Corinthians 1 verses 21 through 22. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who also sealed us and gave us the spirit in our hearts as a pledge. So I believe every Christian is anointed because every Christian is indwelt by the Holy Spirit and possesses specific spiritual gifts. God sealed us with the Spirit at the moment we placed our faith in Christ. And he lives inside us, comforting us, teaching us, guiding us, and more. We certainly don't always walk in the Spirit or always behave in ways that demonstrate His presence within us, but He's always there. And now let's relate this to Mary of Bethany because in her case, her situation differed from ours because she lived before the Holy Spirit came to indwell all Christians, which is recorded in the book of Acts. In this instance, when Mary anointed Jesus, I believe it's very likely the Holy Spirit came upon her at that moment, prompting her to worship and anoint Jesus by breaking the alabaster vial and pouring its contents of precious perfume on Jesus. In Matthew 26, 12, Jesus said, For when she poured this perfume upon my body, she did it, to prepare me for burial. You see, Mary got it. Jesus had been telling the disciples about his impending death, but it doesn't appear they understood. It seems Mary was the only one who received Jesus' words with understanding and took them to heart. I think that's probably because the Holy Spirit enabled her to grasp what Jesus said and inspired her to anoint Jesus in preparation for his burial. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. Scripture makes it clear we can't understand the things of God on our own. The Holy Spirit is our helper. So when I say Mary of Bethany was anointed, I'm thinking in terms of this definition from dictionary.com, 
which defines anointed as empowered or made effective for God's purposes by the special activity of the Holy Spirit. God revealed truth to Mary about the Lord Jesus Christ, and he used her to anoint Jesus before his death on the cross. I just find it so meaningful how God coordinated all these details. Okay, let me begin wrapping things up with an application for us. If we consider the Greek word for anointed that's used in 2 Corinthians 1.21, and that's the verse I read just a minute ago, the Greek word in this verse is defined by the outline of biblical usage as enduing Christians with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in this light, I want to ask, how has God anointed you and me? What are our spiritual gifts? If you've never done a spiritual gifts test, I encourage you to ask some godly people who know you well what gifts they think you have. And you can also look for a spiritual gifts test online because completing one of those can be really helpful. Whatever spiritual gifts you and I have, let's use them wholeheartedly because when we do, it's an act of worship that pleases the Lord. Let's pray. Father, you are so good to us. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, his presence in our hearts and lives. I pray we would be more aware of the Spirit's presence on a daily basis, that we would be empowered by him and not try to do things in our own strength. Thank you for this account of Mary of Bethany, God, and the beautiful worship and anointing that she did for you. And it's in the name of Jesus, the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, as always, it's been a joy and privilege to share God's word with you. And I really mean that. It isn't always easy to prepare each of these messages, but God is faithful. And even in the process of preparing this message, the Holy Spirit reminded me of Zechariah 4, 6, which says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. May that be a description of our lives. Thanks for being here and connecting with me through Bible study. I invite you to tune in again on February 14th for episode 7. And until next time, this is Emily Wickham. Hey, if you're blessed by the teaching in this podcast, please share it with your friends. I would appreciate that so much. And remember, God loves you. In Christ, you're indestructible 